there's a couple of things there I want to touch on. The first thing is having the vision to go down this path. And I think you talk about vision quite a bit is that you need a leader with vision and that vision has to be casted so the rest of the team can understand where are we going, right? What is the vision? What are we going to do with it? And there's all the the what, the how, the why, and, and that all fits a part of it. But having the vision to say, let's go and do this. Why do you see vision so important? And why is it that a lot of leaders don't have vision or are unable to articulate possibly the vision and or just share the vision overall? Yeah, well, let's start with why vision is so important in the first place. And it just circles all the way back to the first conversation we had about the word entrepreneur and creating. The microphone you're using right now, the desk you're sitting at, the windows, everything that you're physically surrounded by didn't exist until somebody had an idea. Somebody had a vision for what was possible. And then they organized the world to go make that happen, right? And so nothing gets created, no progress, no performance happens until somebody says, we need to go do something. Like I have an idea about a destination I want to go to. And then they have to assemble the team and align the resources to go, to go turn that into reality. So setting the vision is the beginning of all creation, really. And if you want to just settle into what the world will give you in your current business, you can take what comes at you or you can choose to go to a new destination and say, we're here now, but let's go there next. And so casting a vision about what's possible and where we want to go together is the first thing that any really great leader does. You're talking to business leaders and they're coming in there. Do you see that as something that's holding their company back often? Or is it they have a great vision? Okay, that's it. No, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And it sounds so corny because most business owners have heard somebody talk about the importance of setting the vision or having a mission statement. But the problem is it's done poorly so often that understandably, most of us write it off. We look at that and go, that's just fluff or that's just on a plaque in the, the lobby or the entrance of that company. And nobody even looks at it, talks about it ever. It's meaningless. And when it's done poorly, it is meaningless, actually. In fact, it's, it's often harmful when it's done poorly. When it's done right, it's powerful. And it lights up the organization in a way. It provides a guiding light to where, you know, why we're doing this in the first place. I, I have a very specific definition of vision that we've taken from a book called Beyond Entrepreneurship. Okay, so It's by a guy named James C. Collins. Before he went by Jim Collins, yeah, there you go. This was his. This was his first book, and he wrote it with his mentor called, and his mentor's name is Bill Lazier. It's called Beyond Entrepreneurship, and in there he talks about values and purpose and mission. And I, and I mix it up a little bit more in line with the Simon Sinek start with why, but I, I start with purpose, values, and mission. So I just change the order a little bit because I like to start with why. But once you get clear on why we're doing this, why this business deserves to have life, if you want to think of it that way, the impact on the world, that begins to change the dynamic, the relationship of the people in that business with the business. They're no longer there just to do a job. They're not there just to create widgets or provide a service. They're there for a purpose and it, and it changes everything. Then if you get clear on the values or how we operate around here, now we can attract people who may be from very diverse backgrounds and you need diversity for innovation. You need diversity for customer service and, and all the other reasons why you need innovation. But on purpose and values, you need sameness. And when you attract all the right people from a purpose standpoint and a value standpoint, 
changes the game entirely. And then you need a clear mission. And what I mean by that is a destination that we're up to right now. We are going there. We will accomplish X by Y time frame. And that just is the, the rallying cry for that team of people now. Here's what we're up to. And we can pull together on that. So sorry if I ramble. I just get no, so excited about this stuff absolutely. that, that <laughs> uh, when people do it right, setting the vision is powerful and it is, it's game-changing, literally. Do leaders come in thinking that they're visionaries when they're actually not visionaries? They come in thinking they're visionaries. And I would say they are visionaries, but they're not clear enough on setting vision for others. Uh-huh. I would say often they're clear about, hey, I want to I wanna, you know, go, go dominate this market or I want to bring this new thing to the world. Or they have some ambition. I would say they're visionaries from an ambitious standpoint. They want to go do something big and they have some clarity about what that is but they're not good about bringing a team along with them and co-creating that vision. And that's an important distinction. When you enroll people to go name what it is we're going to go do together, that's a lot different than a single visionary who's like trying to pull people along because they don't have, they don't share in that vision. Right. So going back to the one point, I remember being at a large company and they would put out these things. It'd be on the wall, it'd be in the email, it'd be in a memo, and it would be like, we're worldwide leaders in customer service. <laughs> and, and, we're gonna, and, right. and this is like, that's the mission. Like, and, and that's, I started seeing that. And I started realizing like, wow, the messaging is bad in large companies, especially in the insurance industry. And that's where a lot of the stuff came in. It's like, let's just tell a real story. You know, and, and then you get to the mission and all that, but you start creating, you start putting content out there, you start sharing what it is your beliefs are. But that also leads to what you were just saying is, they are visionaries, but they're just not clear on what that is because there's just so much going on, right? As a business leader, you have all sorts of things going on. And I want to touch back a little bit more on your background in a minute. But it's possibly that they're not clear because they're not thinking through things clearly because there's so much going on in here in your head. And that takes me back to when we talked before we started chatting here is Personal Offsite, the podcast that you just came out with, where you're enabling people to go out there and give themselves permission to go take some time out of the office, turn off your technology, write, think, whatever that might be. And and you've already done it here where you're taking ideas from other leaders and you've kind of crafted them into your own. So it doesn't have to be absolutely 100% as you suggest it, but it could be along those lines and you start that habit, which is very important to say, leave your office every month, leave your office every quarter. If it's just for two hours, just get out of there and go think and do, do these things because that will help you become a better visionary because you are a great visionary. You're just not able to, to do it yet. So I want to talk about that a little bit of, do you see that because you have this visionary who's not been able to, to cast it, but if they would just free their mind a little bit and go think and write and do all those different things, that that would allow them to get to that part. Yeah, it's super interesting because there's this dynamic in play where you have to go get by yourself to get clear first before you can lead others to clarity. But then it's an enrolling game. Like I got to go enroll others in the process of finishing up this creation or this thinking. Like the the thinking's incomplete. I got to get myself to a place of sufficient clarity to go now enroll other people to finish getting total clarity together. That's an interesting dynamic because some of some of your listeners will say, okay, I'm going to go off and get clear and they'll get clear and then they'll come back and just be the lone genius again, right? The lone visionary instead of powerfully enrolling others. And then they'll just be even more frustrated because they'll, they'll know they can see it clearly themselves, but they can't get anybody to come along for the ride. So you have a background and this is going to relate to that. You have a background in HRIC. 
And you're talking about bringing people along for the ride. And there's this difficulty, I think, when you're leading people and you're trying to bring them along for the ride and you're not successful in doing it. Perhaps some people are and other people on your team are not. So you have this, you know, maybe it's one person that's not coming along or it's two people or it's some, you know, and you can maybe gauge it that way and say, well, these 10 get it, this one doesn't. So you do something, but with HR and managing of people and when to make tough, difficult decisions, hiring, firing, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, just, and I'll bring this up. We just had a podcast uh, recently with Tim Kite, who's the founder of Focus 3, you know, leader and travels and works with a lot of different large companies, medium, small companies as well. And talks about this relentless attitude of, I'm going to cast the vision and I'm going to bring you along and I'm going to hold you accountable to the different things that go with that. So anyway, that's a podcast that someone could check out. But the idea is you have this background in HR and you're trying to get people, you're trying to lead people. What if you have someone on your team that you don't know if you can bring them along or not? Do they belong on the team? Do they not? Because I think that could, you could have a cynic in the office or on your team that could all of a sudden that cynic, well, maybe it was 11 people total and the one person's a cynic and they all of a sudden grab two of the other people that may have been ready to come on the ride they went back the other way. So that is something that a leader has to handle. No wonder leaders have so much going on their mind because they have those little things going on, not to mention growing sales and doing the taxes and doing all the different things that go with building a business. With your background in HR, with your background in leadership and, and building businesses and, and hitting up, you know, breaking those barriers, those ceilings, I want to talk about a little bit about maybe the one or a few people on the team that just aren't coming along. And how do you know it? Maybe it's the leader, maybe it's the individual. Yeah. So actually, the, when done correctly, this idea of setting the vision where you enroll the team and co-creating that vision is a great, it's a great filter. It's a great separator because you start down this path, especially in, in businesses that we work with. I mean, most of them, if you're in the million to three million range, we're not talking about dozens and dozens of employees, right? We might be, there might be 10, 20, you know, 30 tops kind of a thing when we start working with them. So we're not talking about tons and tons of people. So you, you're typically involving most of the company at that point in this definition or, or articulation of purpose and values and getting clear on the mission. And you can start to see those who are getting fired up about it, and those who are getting fully enrolled and engaged, and those who are like being that cynic or, or skeptical around it. They're not, they're not buying in. And... It's uncanny. It's almost without exception when we bring people to our two-day workshop where we teach them all this stuff. Almost without exception, somebody on the team, is when they go back and start doing this work, somebody on the team will have to go as a result. So you're, you're spot on for calling this out. We talk about this in terms of hire, lead, and fire to the vision. Once you get this vision set, you're going to see clearly those who, aren't, who are not ready to, to be all in on that. And you're going to see those who are. And those who are just going to bring a ton of energy and a lot of great results. And the, the, the ones that aren't, you, you do need to kind of rip the Band-Aid on that and make the changes so that the rest of the team isn't dragged down by that. They can really be an anchor on this, right. on this ship if you, if you let them be a drag. It's almost like when someone shows up to your workshop or perhaps they go out and give, open up their mind and think a little bit, and they get clear on their vision, they can see who's not clear with them. There's something right. missing. It's like you're saying, they show up, you're like, oh, wow, this isn't a fit. We have to make this change because we can't have this obstacle in our way. Every time we're trying to cast this, it's going to bring the team down. And, and that certainly could be an obstacle 
to growing your business. Yeah, and and the, setting the vision is not a one and done event, right? You don't so you just, just put it on the wall and it just off we go. That's right. And and I know that's kind of goes without stating, but let's just reinforce it here a little bit. Your job as a leader, I mean, basically as a leader of a growing company, you have three main roles. The first is to set the vision. It's all the stuff we've talked about. The second is to build the team to go make that vision a reality. And we've been talking about the team dynamics now. And the third is to secure enough fuel for growth. Or in other words, well, most of us referred to it as don't run out of money. But I, I don't. I don't like that. That's more of a de- defensive reaction standpoint, right? I want to get into more of a proactive stance of how am I going to make sure we have enough fuel for growth? And your job as a leader is to do those things. And setting the vision is a constant rhythmic thing. Like every time you get up in front of your team, if you're not talking about purpose or values or the mission, you're missing it, right? Like you have to be constantly doing this. And because it's now part of everything that we do in the company. It's really easy to see those who, who aren't going to make it, who aren't going to come along. And like, the sooner you yeah. get that out, the better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And the fuel growth, like you just said, it's, it's taking away, oh, that's a negative, like cash is king. We need cash. We got to get it in. Fuel growth, right? And, and how do you do that? And I think that's, a, that's very well said and something that I think can apply to a lot of people because you hear them talking about cash and, and the defensive side of that. With the HR background and with what you're doing, it makes a lot of sense in, your ability to lead a team and understand what that's like because there's so many different dynamics with your team. And I want to go back to the one use a separator. A separator is a good thing because if you cast a vision and you have someone on the team who's just like, I'm not seeing it, that's okay. Maybe that's this team isn't for them. And I think a lot of this is what we're doing right now is having this conversation, putting out content, having a podcast. Someone could go listen to it and they could say, Brett, I don't agree with anything that you say. I don't want to work with you. I don't. It, well, that's perfect because now you don't have to waste the time of having that next conversation because they were eventually not going to like you anyway, right? Not like you, dislike you, but you know what I mean, of, of possibly working with you. So I think when you share what your truths are, what you believe in, someone can decide before even having that conversation, which is incredible leverage to have, the media leverage that is, to say, oh, wow, I really like what Brad has to say. I would like to have a phone call with him or someone on his team. And then they take it to that next step. And next thing you know, they're in Phoenix, Arizona and working with you and your team. But that's a separator. And I think those separators apply to a lot of different things. It's completely different than what you're talking about, casting the vision. But it's no different in the sense of you have a thought, you put the belief out there, and people then from there can decide, do they want to work with you? Do they not want to work with you? And what capacity those might be? You're absolutely right, Eric. And that, that's... I want to just make a point on what you just said. The external branding... The external messaging communication when you're trying to attract ideal customers is one side of the same coin as the internal vision, right? The internal culture messaging, the internal branding and messaging is equally important and the right people will be attracted to it and the wrong people will be repelled by it, should be repelled by it if you're doing it right. If you're mixing a strong enough batch of Kool-Aid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like to dish out a really strong cultural Kool-Aid and those who like it are going to love it here. Those who don't, go find what tastes better for you somewhere else. Sure. And, and I've already brought Jim Collins into the conversation. I, I, I got to do it again. I just love <laughs> a lot of his stuff. But he talks, he, he points out, he uses the term cult-like culture, right? The root of culture is cult. Yeah. And we all have these negative connotations around that. So you know, I, I know that's a little risky to talk about that. But think about the strength and power of those ideas, the purity of the ideas in a cult, whether or not they're right, right? In a company, if you get so clear with your messaging, 
so clear with your purpose, your values, your mission, that only the right people would want to be associated with that. That's when you have a cult-like culture and it's super powerful, right? You don't have to deal with all the, the water-cooled talk and the, the wobble of people not being clear or maybe not fitting in or being a drag. And there's this, this, this lift that happens when everybody's on the same page about why we're doing what we do, how we operate together, and then you know the specific thing that we're up to right now. Is that a big reason why you have a podcast, you write a blog, you create content, you put your stuff out there, you're on LinkedIn, you're spending this time because you're trying to build a business and you know, you're trying to you know, meet potentially new partners, clients, and all that to work with. Is this all a big reason why you are, are out there creating content? Well, anybody who, who does a business like what you and I do, where we're serving, we're serving a variety of businesses who have similar challenges, you, you have to be able to get out there and share that message over and over again so that the right people will hear it and go, yeah, I need, you know, I need that help. I don't do it specifically for attracting the right team members. But when it comes time for me to hire, like you said, there's, this, there's a boatload of content out there for them to go... I, I dig what Brett's saying or I don't, right? right. <laughs> so it serves, it serves the purpose of attracting customers and partners. It also serves the purpose of attracting the right team members or contractors or whoever might be working with us. For the visionaries, the leaders of the business, and they finally set up their vision, they understand it, they got the right team in place. Does it help them to then create that content or story or whatever that might be and however they're going to do it and share that. You know, obviously every business is different. So we're not going to go down that path of, you know, what industry and all that kind of stuff, but just overall, as you're helping people go through the ceiling to then create content, will that help them go through the ceiling? Like there's all these other things that you're working on. Is marketing, is creating content, is doing those things, do you think it helps them grow their business? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Nothing that I do removes the requirement for a business to continue to grow their customer acquisition capabilities, right? And, and putting great content out there that educates the market, educates prospective customers, partners, etc. That's great business. But no amount of content in the world will solve the business building challenges that we focus on in our business. So it's, it's not to exclude other things you have to do to grow a business. It's just key things that most businesses don't spend time or energy trying to figure out. Right. So one of the things you can look at, and I'm not in business valuation, my business partner does that. But some of the things you hear talk about is, are your processes and system in place? Do you have the leader? Do you have a, do you have a vision for the company? And what is your brand? Right. If you put all of those things together, and there's obviously a lot of other stuff, things that go with it, right? With capital and all that kind of employees and you know, goodwill and whatnot. But if you put the vision, the business and the process and systems and all that with a, with a great brand, your business is more valuable. And it's more Absolutely. valuable not only on the market, but it's more valuable to work with, right? Yeah. And, and in every aspect, anybody who might want to touch that business, that business becomes more valuable to them. Until you've done some of this business building work, you, you know, a lot of business owners don't actually have an asset they could sell if they wanted to, right? right? It's, it's all sort of built on their own back. And so if they go, the business is gone, you know, to some degree, yeah, they might have a list of contacts, they might have some equipment, they might have some employees, but if they don't do some of the repeatable business 
process things, they're not going to have a sellable asset. And it's, it all starts with the foundation that we've talked about of purpose, values, mission, the strategies to go achieve that mission. And then something we haven't gotten into yet, which we, we can or you know, don't have to, depending on what you want to do. But the, the planning and execution rhythm to turn that vision into reality is the, is the other key. I'm Eric Kazimov, And for all of us here at CazSource, thank you for listening to Content Matters. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. That's it for now.